You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, don't forget to check out my Patreon. And take a look at my other YouTube channels too. You can find some ad-free, uncensored, complete versions of my videos on my website, owenmorgan.com. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email list to get early access to everything I release. All links are in the description. In this podcast, we're going to talk about QAnon leader Dave Hayes, a.k.a. the praying medic, going through an interesting cycle of believing everything QAnon said, to not believing it, to believing it all again. Dude's got to have whiplash by now. Televangelists ramping up their civil war in preparation for the next election. The civil war rages on. A look back at hilarious 2020 election fails from QAnon. Greg Locke and Vandersteel and others couldn't help but to make outrageous predictions and got caught with their foot in their mouth as a result. And they never learned from their mistake either. We also take voicemails. If you want to leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. If you want to send me a message in text form, you can do it by going to my website, owenmorgan.com, clicking the Contact Me button in the top right corner in the menu. If you're on mobile, it's the top left corner. I think it's just showing what the world needs. Like I said, you know, it all starts with the children. Somebody has to stand up for the kids. Somebody has to stand up for the children. That's where they start with, you know, this agenda with the, with the younger group. Um, they're easily uh, manipulated by uh, making them feel like, you know, this is what everybody's doing. This is what you should be doing. And it's, uh, it's just not right. It's not right at all. This is Forgiato Blow. If you're unfamiliar with the dude, he's a MAGA rapper. Yes, that is a subset of the rap world. MAGA rap. Dead serious. Talked about him not too long ago, but I got a voicemail about it recently, so I wanted to kind of give you a little bit of a refresher. Forgiato Blow made this song called Boycott Target, I believe, where he just keeps talking about how the kids are being manipulated and stuff like that. It's just crazy, dude. Oh, my God. Did I mean, what does this guy have tattooed on him? Did, please tell me you got Trump's name tattooed on you. Right on your lower back, Trump, right there. Trump's man. Oh, I would love that to death, dude, if this guy had that tattoo. Probably doesn't, but it's, it's you know, one can dream. Anyways, yeah, these people love Trump to their dying breath. It's bizarre. So listen to this voicemail I got about targets being attacked. If you're unfamiliar with the target situation, why he even made a song about target being boycotted, it's because target had a pride section during pride month or leading up to it anyways. They had a section that sold, you know, queer and proud shirts or whatever. A trans bigotry can be cured through education, that type of thing. You know, just generally positive messages toward the LGBT community. Not a big deal. And they claimed, Forgiato Blow specifically, and the other people in the song, claimed that Target was grooming children because they were children's pride items. They weren't. They didn't sell any children's pride garb. It was only adult stuff, adult sizes, adult whatever. But they've got to make it out as though the children are being attacked because they can whip people into a blood frenzy if they claim that. So anyways, let's listen to this voicemail about Target and the boycott taking place right now. Check it out. Hi, Owen. This is Miriam. Um, I'm from Oklahoma. Um, and Tough place to be. I just was reading stuff about um, some violent threats towards like target um and i was watching your maga rap video and yeah that's the uh, forgiato blow video we just watched i did a whole segment on forgiato blow and his whole maga rap thing if you want to see it he did other songs too like patriot sweep it's bad 
about January 6th with Roger Stone and everything. Oh, you guys should just go watch my video on it if you haven't seen it. But okay. And I don't know. It's just, I mean, like, I've been in Oklahoma my whole life, and it's just hard to see, like, that this is the way people act to my community. Because, I mean, it's all over the, the Pride stuff. So um, I just want to know what you thought about that. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma is a rough place, honestly, especially in recent years. It, it With the governor, Kevin Stitt, the dude is insane. I don't know how else to put it. He has real problems. He's the one that gave over his state to Jesus with the authority vested in him by the federal government. As the governor, he gave his state to Jesus. That's nuts. And Father, we just come against that. We just lose your will over our state right now in the name of Jesus. We just thank you that we claim Oklahoma for you as the authority that I have as governor and the spiritual authority and the physical authority that you give me. I claim Oklahoma for you that we will be a light to our country and to the world right here from our state. And we thank you that your will is done on Tuesday. And Father, that you will do have your way with our state, with our education system, with everything within the, uh, the, the, the walls behind me and the rooms behind me, Lord, that you will root out corruption. You'll bring the right people into this building, Father, from now on. Oklahoma is a rough place. And they seem to pick up on any culture war issues that arise. Target was the center of a culture war issue, claiming that gay pride was being pushed on kids and all this other garbage. So naturally, they pick up on it and run with it. It doesn't surprise me to hear that your target has been targeted, for lack of a better term. It's just a shame, man. I mean, seriously, uh, Oklahoma is a rough place right now. This is, while the Target stuff's happening... This is happening in the school boards. This is a uh, superintendent, Ryan Walters, from Oklahoma. ...or an issue. Please send it over to us. But, you know, the, the teachers' union, you know, I, I don't negotiate with the teachers' union. They're a terrorist organization that is content... Members. Members. He called the teachers' union a terrorist organization. The superintendent. Dude said... Uh, plethora of other unhinged things if you want to see i have a video on ryan walters too uh, it's just nuts man oklahoma is in a bad place right now uh, it's like a dystopian hellscape as far as i can tell but thank you for the call uh, hopefully things hopefully you can stay safe in that in that place because it's i know it's not pretty right now hello i'm from california and just because my workplace is basically setting itself on fire have you ever worked for a company or just any sort of business that ended up being like really corrupt internally? I thank you for the uh, voicemail that ended more abruptly than I expected. I appreciate it. Yes, I have. Here's the problem. The question was, have I ever worked for a company that had uh, that was really corrupt internally, structurally corrupt? Yes. Corrupt people tend to float up into positions of authority. That's the general trend I've noticed. And you can see this exact same thing with cults, right? Cult leaders tend to be deeply immoral and unethical. They tend to be just grossly evil. The things that they're willing to do to keep control, to get control in the first place. They're willing to step on people's faces to get to the top. Cult leaders are, right? Like, let me give you an example. If I wanted, I could be rich tomorrow. 
by coming out and saying, I'm a Christian, I was wrong, I believe it all, Trump was right all along, you know, I'm converting, I'm moving over to your side, and I'm becoming a warrior for Jesus. I would instantly be held up as a bastion of the right, like Dave Rubin. He did that exact thing. Started on the left, moved to the right. Started Jewish, turned Christian, or at least moved heavily Christian and encourages Christianity, right? If I came out tomorrow and said that stuff, I would be filthy rich. Here's a more direct way I could be filthy rich tomorrow. Sponsors will pay me thousands of dollars to shout out their stuff. There's a diet pill company that won't let up. Keep sending me emails, desperate to get me to shill their diet pills or their whatever, you know, like Alex Jones style stuff. I could easily take thousands of dollars. Hell, I could probably make $20,000 per month off of diet pill sponsorships. 20000 a month, easily, no joke. Say $1,500 per sponsorship, uh, $1,500 per video. Hell, say I put two sponsored ads in a video. That's $3,000 per video, and I release eight videos on my main channel per month. 3,000 times eight, that's $24,000 per month. But if you notice, I don't have any sponsored ads on my YouTube channel, almost zero. I, I think I've done a sponsorship like three times total. That's uh, $288,000 per year that I could have if I only sold these diet pills on my website or on my uh, YouTube channel. There's a quick and easy way to do this, instantaneously, basically. But I'm not a scumbag. Somebody with no moral sense has no problem with doing something like that. And they do get rich from it. They're the ones that get rich. You know, I'm sitting here and I'm crowdfunded and solely through ads. I, I, I'm not opposed to sponsorships. I'm willing to take them, but I'm not going to take just any sponsorship. But other people will take literally anything. It works the same way within companies and cults and religions and everything else. Look at Andrew Tate. The dude started a company taking advantage of women and taking their money. Why didn't somebody else do that? Because other people weren't scumbags. Why isn't everybody running websites like Andrew Tate ran? Because other people are not scumbags like that. The scumbags float to the top. They're the ones that find themselves in the positions to make millions and millions of dollars like that. That's why you find scumbags at the top of your company. They're willing to step on people's faces. I'm not. If I find myself to wealth and fame, fine, but I'm going to do it morally. I'm not going to step on anyone's faces. I'm not going to take advantage of anybody. I'm not going to sell fake diet pills on my website. I'm not going to pretend to be Christian. I'm going to do it the right way. And if I can't be rich, then I can't be rich. That's just what it is, you know? Anyway, thank you for the, uh, the voicemail. I appreciate it. It was an interesting question. For a more direct answer, I worked for this software company. Um, I was one of their programmers. And this company was just starting out in West Virginia when I you know, got my job there. And they had some really, really good people there. Eventually, the CEO stepped down and gave the position to another person. The creator of the company gave, passed the reins to somebody new. And that person made a mess of everything. They changed the company culture to be one where 
you should be working as many hours as humanly possible for them. Your salary, by the way. And taking absolutely no breaks, just doing the job and getting it, you know, doing the job, working until it's done, basically. Working yourself to the bone. And the people that stood against that and said, this is a bad idea, please don't do this, were fired instantly. The top architect in the company was fired. And <laughs> they, they promoted another architect who was also very, very skilled, very good at his job. They promoted him into a position overseeing everything, you know. And then he was fired because he was pushing back against stuff. And he just, like, when they fired him, he just laughed. He's like, okay. Um, for the record, you guys were not paying me what I'm worth. I'm going to make a lot more money at another company. But okay, if you want to fire me, fine. Goodbye. So, yeah, I've worked for companies that just went downhill fast. And it's best to just get out. Just do your best to get out, if at all possible. Good luck on that. I appreciate the uh, voicemail. Hey, on with conjunction of my uh, uh, recent uh, last call, <clears throat> I believe that uh, it was a good move for the judge to uh, not place any restrictions on Trump. Yeah, so uh, Trump was indicted on a, an, a charge of espionage, stealing documents and refusing to give them back, if you're watching this five years in the future. And he was arrested, and the judge released him with no conditions, or, or almost none. He did have conditions, actually, but it was like they didn't take his passport, to my knowledge. They didn't take his uh, whatever. I don't know. What, whatever things they take when they arrest you, they didn't take it. They didn't bar him from traveling outside the state or outside the city or whatever other thing, to my knowledge. Okay, I think this shows <clears throat> two things. Okay, number one, when your enemy is making uh, uh, mistakes, don't interrupt them. The Republican Party is eating themselves alive. So why stir things up anymore? Uh, <clears throat> and the second thing is the Democrats. That's true. I, that's fair enough. Let me just address that real quick. Yeah, I agree. The, the Republican Party is definitely eating themselves alive. Um, and the indictment in general might actually help Trump rather than hurt him because it gains more media attention. But yeah, I think you're right about that. Uh, don't interrupt your enemy when he's making a mistake. Second thing is the Democrats want Trump to run because they know he's going to lose. And they know that anybody who endorses him is going to lose. You might be right on that. It will be catastrophic in 2024, which I think they'll destroy themselves earlier because RIP GOP 2023. But it was a good move by the judge. Yeah, I, I, you may be right about Democrats pushing for Trump to be the nominee because they think he's more easily beatable. I feel like it's a big risk for the Democratic Party to take by endorsing or, or behind the scenes subtly pushing for Trump to be the nominee. They did this exact thing in the midterms for Trump supporters. When they were running in primaries, the Democratic Party was actually, to my knowledge, funding the Trump nutcase candidates because they thought that they were going to fall in their face. They're going to fail. They're going to lose popular acclaim, popular support. And they turned out to be right. There's a risky strategy that they should not have done, in my opinion. But it was it turned out to be correct. And I, I think you're right that the Democrats are probably doing something similar right now, subtly, behind the scenes, pushing for Trump to be the nominee. I think it'd be a much harder battle if it was DeSantis running against Joe Biden, in my opinion. But DeSantis ran as far to the right as he possibly could when people thought he was more in the middle. And the moderates that were in support of DeSantis are not really in support of DeSantis anymore. I don't know why DeSantis did what he did, but it was political 
It's a po- it was politically a very bad idea for DeSantis to go completely nuts and start banning books in schools and talking about the COVID vaccine and all this other garbage. I don't know what he was thinking with that, but yeah, it's going to be an uphill battle for basically any Republican to win against Biden, in my opinion, in 2024. Got an email from Ali. Let's take a look at it here. Hi, longtime listener. Your YouTube videos and podcasts get me through working evenings. Love your stuff. Stay strong for us. Appreciate that. In one of your podcasts, this was some time ago, maybe January, February, you said something about Otherkin being started by a 4chan troll. I just wanted to ask if you were sure that info was accurate. Yes, it was started by 4chan originally. I was never part of it, but I've seen a lot of people get really into it. There's even a documentary about Otherkin called Animal People. It's where that meme in every aspect except physical, I am a wolf, came from. Yeah, there's also a documentary on a guy that was sexually attracted to balloons. There's a documentary on just about everything at this point. Otherkin is not real. It was created by 4chan, not cases. And I can see how plausibly people, you know, after hearing about Otherkin, people started to move in that direction and and legitimately believe it. I don't know if you've heard of this. There's a book called Michelle Remembers. And it was written by a psychologist who was treating this woman named Michelle. And she came out and told him one day that she remembered being abused in these satanic rituals. So he starts pulling on these threads and and helping her unravel this whole thing in her mind and figure out what happened. Now, unfortunately, when you do that, it's a recipe to create false memories. And false memories are insidious. This is why you should never try to help somebody remember something because a false memory is just as real as a real memory. So anyways, Michelle has this recollection of being taken advantage of in all of these different satanic rituals and remembers Satan physically appearing in front of her and then Jesus physically appearing and getting a scar from it and then Jesus removes the scar and all kinds of other crazy stuff therapist ended up marrying Michelle and writing a book about her whole experience. And it was the start of the satanic panic. Again, the whole thing was completely made up from the start, but people believed it. And after that, there was report after report after report of satanic goings on in daycares and preschools and kindergartens. All these kids being taken advantage of by satanists, these insidious satanists all around the country. Never know where they're at. It even came to the point where you had members of British Parliament talking about this. It, just was, it wasn't just a United States thing, although I think it was most popular in the U.S. But listen to what this member of the British Parliament had to say here. Satanism exists in this country as it exists elsewhere. It- By the way, this is 1991 appallingly evil it is about murder it is about child abuse it's about it is no joke and must be taken seriously and must be dealt with if they can ritually abuse children if they can in any way uh, children uh, anything to destroy a child's innocence or their trust or their their wonder at the world they will do it so here's an example right here of an epidemic being revealed and then being revealed to be fake. After the book was published, people came out of the woodwork with all of their stories of being abused by Satanists. It was never real. Here's, here's another one. The book that was first written about the very first case of multiple personality disorder 
was fake. The person who claimed to have multiple personality disorder was lying the entire time. It was fabricated. And when I was in college, my professor seemed to be skeptical about whether or not multiple personality disorder was real. That's not the same as disassociated identity disorder, DID. Not the same thing. It's multiple personalities. But, you know, I, I think the scientific consensus now is that it is real. Anyways, the point is, you start something, whether it's real or not, and it becomes real to some people. Otherkin was started on 4chan as a meme, as a joke, as an attack against the trans community. And if it turned into something after that, then okay. But it was always a joke. And I don't know of any people who legitimately claim to be otherkin and really think they have the spirit of a wolf or whatever. Aside from the guy in the documentary, I guess, uh, alongside the guy who's sexually attracted to balloons. Anyways, let's keep reading here. Whether or not it's a serious documentary, I'm not sure. Regardless, it might make an interesting video in the future if you want to cover the group. Personally, I believe they're harmless and ultimately about escapism, whether or not they're aware of that. Thanks for reading. Hope you have an awesome day. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, by the way, otherkin and furries are not the same thing, just for the record. Furries exist. Furries are not like a right-wing plant or something. I'm talking about otherkin, people who believe they have the spirit of a wolf in them or whatever, specifically. John from Iowa. Hi, Owen. I thought of a couple things that might be valuable to point out about God's Not Dead 2. Yeah, I went through God's Not Dead 1 and 2. I don't know if you guys knew about that. It's on my Telltale Unfiltered YouTube channel. I went through the entire movie, both of them, start to finish, and it was unhinged from reality, for real. So here are some notes for it. For one thing, you should remind your viewers that every actor appearing in it is a right-wing Christian lunatic. Yeah, that's a really good point. Maybe I didn't point that out enough, um, or maybe not even at all. I'm not sure. Everybody in that movie is a far-right nutcase. They all knew what it was about, and they all signed on to it. They all agreed to represent the, the message that the movie was trying to spread. They all read the script beforehand and knew exactly the message the movie was trying to push. They were all nutcases, all of them. And as a matter of fact, for what it's worth, if you go to Pure Flix, that's the Christian version of Netflix, if you can believe it, that exists. Uh, if you go there, you'll find that a lot of the actors that, that played in God's Not Dead 1 and 2 are on Pure Flix also. Like, they consistently show up in Christian extremist propaganda, almost all of them. Secondly, there is a real absurdity to someone being willing to trash their career for a fairy tale. It's a metaphor for how worked up these people get about fiction that is 2,000 years old that she would allow it to put everything at risk. Yeah, so the, the plot of God's Not Dead 2 was this teacher was saying something super vanilla and like not extreme or blatant in any way. She just answered a student's question about a, a historical figure who happened to be Jesus. She asked a question about it, and she answered it, contextually appropriate. It wouldn't have gotten her sued, wouldn't have gotten her in any kind of trouble at all, but they had to portray her as being the victim of this horrific thing, you know, where evil atheists are coming after this poor Christian. Anyway, so the emailer says there's a real absurdity to someone being willing to trash their career as a teacher for their belief in the Bible. It's a metaphor for how worked up these people get about fiction that's 2,000 years old that she would allow it to put everything at risk. Yeah, here's the thing. The addiction model in psychology basically says that you are addicted to something when it seriously interferes with your life, when there's a, a, a serious problem. 
where you have to leave work to get your drugs or where you're spending a disproportionate amount of money on alcohol or cigarettes or drugs or whatever to keep your addiction going. If you can't make it to family events, if you can't hold down a job or can't keep a family together, it's an addiction before that, but it's definitely an addiction then by that time. No matter what you are doing in your life, whatever it is, reading, going to church, drinking alcohol, smoking, whatever, it should never, even hobbies, fun things that you do, it should never interfere with the daily function of your life. You should be able to do your thing and finish your work or play your game or whatever it is without it interfering with your life. That's what the addiction model says. So what you said here about the fiction that's 2,000 years old, she would allow it, it to put everything at risk. Yeah, when you start putting your entire life at risk for really anything, it should raise some red flags. You know, some things are worth it. Your kids are worth it. Put everything at risk for your kids, their well-being, their health, and all that stuff. But you really need to sit down and think about this. Is this something that's productive to, you, the, you know, to your life? Is this productive in other areas of your life? Is it doing more harm than good at this point? Anyway, thank you for the email. I appreciate that. It was an interesting question. Sometimes I play the same clips over again. For a long time viewers, you will probably recognize some of them. The reason I do that is because according to my analytics, people watch an average of two and a half videos on, on each of my channels. So if I haven't talked about a clip or if I haven't shown something or whatever, if I haven't said something specifically in the past week, it's unlikely that the listening audience is even aware of it. Now, you may be, but I get 400,000 unique viewers on my main channel, 1 million views in the past month. And then you you know, you've got Fireside, which has been doing arguably better than my main channel recently. I'm just curious. Let me check the unique viewers on that one. This is like private information by the by. Information that you usually have to turn over if you want to work with a sponsor or something. 221,000 unique viewers on Fireside. So between the two, that's 600 and something thousand plus unfiltered. I haven't even mentioned unfiltered. Past 28 days, here we go. Uh, unique viewers, uh, 70,000. Interesting. That's lower than I thought it would be. Okay. So that's, what is that? that that's somewhere in the range of 800,000 to a million unique viewers a month, right? Anyway, that's why it's important to continue to hammer down on this stuff. If people haven't seen a clip, I have to cover it again. Budman Buds, welcome. Large dollar issues of late, nothing too big. Wanted to say hi. Appreciate that, Budman Buds. Yeah, don't sweat it. If you've got other things going on, that's perfectly okay. You know, with YouTube, I've been doing it for seven years, and I see people come and go. Oh, shoot, I think I'm coming up on eight years pretty soon, I believe. I see people come and go, you know? I see fans who stick with me to the end. I've still got some. But generally speaking, about every month, I have new fans that cycle in and old fans that cycle out. I sit here and I talk to people and chat and say, how's it going? And, you know, they send super chats, they send messages, and we just talk about our lives. 
and then eventually they move on and do their own thing and that that's fine that's how it works you know but during covid i thought to myself how many of my normal regular old fans stopped coming to my stream because they died of covid and I, i'll never know i'll never i'll never have any idea that they didn't leave generically just because they had other interests but because they just died really sad gotta wonder how many i mean out of a million unique views per month somewhere in there two or three million views between my channels and tons and tons of regular fans i certainly lost some anyway yeah pretty sad stuff i mean what what's the percentage it's like two percent right say 1.5 million regular views so there's like 30,000 people in my audience lost their lives probably 30,000 sad man rest in peace And, uh, yeah, send me a message. Next, we're going to talk about QAnon leader Dave Hayes, a.k.a. The Praying Medic, going through an interesting cycle of believing everything QAnon said to not believing it, to believing it all again. Dude's got to have whiplash by now. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. I would just advise people, be patient. Hang in there. Wait. Don't. Don't be impatient. Don't don't be upset if it doesn't go at the speed that you want it to. The storm is coming, <laughs> and there is nothing anyone is going to do to stop it. The, the storm is on its way. If you're unfamiliar with this guy, this is somebody named Dave Hayes. He goes by the Praying Medic. He is a QAnon interpreter. I don't know how much you know about QAnon, so I'm going to start from zero and assume you know nothing if you're walking into this video. QAnon was started in 2017 on a website called 4chan. Now, 4chan is basically like Reddit, except completely anonymous, 100% anonymous. And there is a lot of really violent stuff that happens there. It's bad. It's really bad. So anyways, QAnon posted something. Uh, I think the first post was claiming to be military intelligence, high ranking in the military, and claimed that Hillary Clinton was about to be arrested, like within a few days. People believed it, and it just took off from there, even though Hillary Clinton was obviously not arrested. In the following few months and years, QAnon continued to post cryptic, bizarre stuff that didn't make any sense. It was confusing and bizarre, and you get people like this guy right here, interpreters, coming in and trying to, like, read it and like figure out what it meant and pull it to pieces when it meant nothing. Q, the, the guy that posted as Q, he was just speaking nonsense. But, you know, the QAnon interpreters like this guy here got famous off of this, wrote books off of what QAnon has to say about the, the secrets that they try to reveal to the world. He is... I would say the most famous QAnon interpreter in the world. He's interpreted Q posts for millions of people. Millions. He's pretty high up there. Like, I don't want to watch his whole video, but i just give you a little taste of what it's like when he interprets a Q drop. That's what this is called, by the way, a Q drop, when, they, when Q posts something. This posting in the middle of the night. Uh, early this morning, we got a message on the board from Q 
And here is the message. If you are listening and not watching, just read a little bit of the Q post here. What is at stake? Who has control? Surprise witness. Who was surprised? Who will be surprised? Use your logic. Can emotions be used to influence decisions? How do you control emotion? Define plant. How do you insert a plant? Can emotions be used to insert a plant? Who is Cassidy Hutchinson? Trust the plan. Q. It's cryptic garbage. It doesn't mean anything. They're just saying things that sound unique and interesting and cryptic. That's it. But millions, millions of people come to the praying medic for his interpretation of what Q meant when he said all of this. He meant nothing. I have seen enough information uh, to give me confidence that this is Q. However, it would be very nice if Q would do a little bit of um, you know, simultaneous posting with President Trump or some other way to um, give people confidence that the trip code has not been compromised. Right. So that's one of the ways that they knew that QAnon was really high up in the military because he would post something and then Trump would post something really similar around the same time. I mean, Trump has even famously just copied and pasted things that QAnon said. You don't think that Trump wasn't just playing to that? And you know what? Even if you don't think Trump is just playing into their hand, trying to draw them in and keep them as supporters, even if he wasn't trying to foster this cult, you don't think that the Q poster wasn't just watching Trump's tweets and following the news websites that Trump follows and keeping track of the time that he posts and the posts that he'll probably be talking about. It doesn't seem like it'd be that much of a struggle to figure out what Trump is going to talk about next. Seems obvious, but anyway, it's called a delta. The, the, the amount of time between a Q post and a Trump post. Just absurd, dude. So one more critical piece of information going into this. This guy, uh, Dave Hayes, a praying medic is, is, is his online moniker. The praying medic has been claiming that there's a storm coming. Now, Q talked about a storm. If you don't know the storm, it was this big event that was supposed to happen where Hillary Clinton and the Obamas and every evil person is arrested and sent to Guantanamo Bay. And Trump remains president. At the time, they believed that Trump would just remain president. And it'll basically be like a dictatorship with Trump as you know the king, effectively. That was the belief. That was the storm. And Trump even did little shout-outs to it because he knew his QAnon followers were insane and would be looking for any little clue to hint that he was on their side or knew about them or was listening to them. Do I have that clip? I do. I do have that clip. I wasn't sure if I did or not. Yeah. He said this October 6, 2017. This is shortly after QAnon appeared when it was really blowing up. Do you guys know what this represents? Tell us, sir. Maybe it's the calm before the storm. What's the storm? Could be the calm before the storm. What storm is the president? You'll find out. So anyways, yeah, Trump has been shouting out to QAnon for like years and years now. But despite the fact that the storm hasn't happened, he held on. He kept believing. He stuck it out. He made a prediction every single year that the storm was going to happen. 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020. 
And now we're at 2021. Listen to what he says in this one. The storm is pretty darn close to being here. Any five minutes now, right? Uh, the indictments are starting to be unsealed. And the indictments are going to be unsealed, like the indictments against Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, you know, the indictments that are going to send them to Guantanamo any five minutes. But for the record, this is what Clarence Thomas's wife believed. She bought this entire thing. We know that because of the tweet or because of the text messages that leaked of hers. And I think that 2022 is going to be glorious. So he predicted it in 2021. We just saw that one. And now this is his 2022 prediction. You ever going to come back to reality, Dave? Ever? This is a 2019 prediction. Uh, by the way, make note of the guy on the left here. Brendan Dilly is his name, I believe. He'll be relevant in a minute. Just check this out. This is from May 2019. Q has often said, especially over the last six months, this is going to be the end of the D party, the end of the Democrat party. Okay, now, if you are, you know, average person listening, watching Q, like, what do you mean the end of the Democrat party? The Democrat party is not going to end. Right, exactly. That's insane. Yes, it is. Yeah. And I'm going to explain to you how the Democrat party is going to end. Lay it on me. What we are going to see in the next year unrolled. There's his prediction. In the next year unrolled. 2019, May 2019 to May 2020. And it never happened. Like I said, dude's got millions of eyeballs on him. The predictions that he's making have real world influence. They change circumstances for people. And he just kept pushing it off. Pushing it off, pushing it off. Believed it'd be any five minutes now. Like a Jehovah's Witness believes Armageddon is on its way. Like a Catholic believes that the end is coming any second now. And you better get baptized and confess or else it'll be too late. So what's going to happen in the next year unrolled? It is likely hundreds of members of Congress, most of them Democrats, some Republicans. All right. They're going to be arrested and they're going to be prosecuted for corruption. Q said that people in Congress were warned the storm is coming. And they were told, if you are playing the game and you are in Congress, when the storm hits, you're going to be prosecuted. They saw the storm coming and yep. they were like, okay, I'm out. They were cut a deal. You get out, you won't be prosecuted. If you stay in... The hammer's going to fall on yes. you. You're going to be prosecuted. Well, Hillary Clinton exited politics, right? Does that apply to Hillary? or I, I assume not, right? Or Obama? When you see top-level FBI, Department of Justice, State Department, yep. White House staff, people of Congress prosecuted, some of them are probably going to go to Gitmo, and some of them may be executed. This is what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen, he says. Years and years later, it's so fascinating to look back at this and see how deeply wrong he was. He had no idea what he's talking about. If you believe what Mark Taylor has said, we're going to see military... Oh my God, dude, Mark Taylor. He is unglued from reality. I totally forgot that they even mentioned Mark Taylor. I look for any opportunity to talk about that dude because he is crazy. That dude's got some crazy shit going on for real. If you don't know Mark Taylor, just a, a short version, he's believed to be a prophet of God. He believe, People believe that he prophesied Trump's election in 2012 or something like that. He didn't. 
also known as the firefighter prophet. Just look that up if you want to find it. it. There was a whole movie made about him by Liberty University film students or something. Anyway, insane. Absolutely insane. The guy's full-blown QAnon, obviously. Said We're going to see military tribunals. We're going to see people. They're going to be public executions. And there's yeah. going to be a lot of corrupt people prosecuted. That is going to have an indelible impact on the minds and the psyche of an entire generation. So um, to wrap this up with a nice, neat little bow on it, the storm was planned. There was a storm that was going to happen, quote unquote, when all this stuff was going to take place. It was January 6, 2021. That was supposed to be the storm. And when they stormed the Capitol, that was the signal. They told Mike Pence to send it back to the state so he didn't have the constitutional right to do so. And that was going to be the thing that put us in a constitutional crisis because the vice president is disobeying the Constitution now. It's going to be the thing that sent us into a constitutional crisis, which then resulted in Trump remaining president. That's the general idea here. It was supposed to be the storm, and it failed. Anyway, I mentioned that guy, Brendan Dilley, on the left there. I wanted to uh, point that out because well, this is kind of interesting. Check this out. November 14th, 2022. Guess who invited Brendan Dilley to their house? I just got invited to Mar-a-Lago for President Trump's announcement tomorrow night. Donald Trump had Brendan Dilley come to Mar-a-Lago for his presidential announcement speech. So I am going down to Mar-a-Lago tomorrow. Uh, I'm leaving immediately after the show is over. I am flying in. Okay, look, you do not have an appropriate voice for yelling like that, Gilbert Gottfried. I'm being picked up by mad liberals at the airport. You're not allowed to yell like that. It's against the law for you to yell like that with a, vo with a voice like that. Please, no. And I am heading to Mar-a-Lago for an announcement from President Donnie J. Trump. And uh, I am extremely nervous about this because, as you know, I am a basement-dwelling nerd who lives in his mother's uh, house and doesn't normally go out into the public. Okay, so here's why it's interesting that this guy was invited to Mar-a-Lago. Why was he invited to Mar-a-Lago? What was he doing there? How did Trump even know his name? Do you have any idea how many followers this guy has? Let's find out real quick, shall we? Brendan Dilley, The Dilley Show. He's got 1,371 Telegram followers. 1,371. His influence is within QAnon. He's extremely well-known in those circles. That is the only reason he's famous. So I ask again, why did Trump invite Brendan Dilley some random dude to Mar-a-Lago for his presidential announcement speech. He was there to represent QAnon. You cannot tell me anymore that Trump doesn't know anything about QAnon. It's like blatantly obvious that he's just playing to that base, right? Early January 2022, the praying medic goes on Patrick Gunnell's show, and they're talking about the fact that the storm never happened. At this point in time, Trump had lost the election. Biden was inaugurated. He'd been inaugurated for a year. And Q hadn't posted anything 
since Election Day, or what, December 6th, I think, actually, was QAnon's last post. And it was, like, just a song that it posted. So it's been, like, a year, over a year, since Q posted anything. And this dude comes on air and he says this. I hang around a lot of people who have who are very prophetic. And God continues to show us that these people are all going to be held accountable. They are going to be arrested. <clears throat> They're going to be tried. And justice is coming. Totally, totally. God's already shown me the end of this. I know how it's going to end. Yeah. I God is, has shown all, a bunch of us how it's going to end. One of my friends actually has seen the fall of Babylon. When you say the fall of Babylon, do you mean like the... Symbolically. Okay. The fall of this whole system, the whole. So symbolic fall of Babylon. Symbolic fall fall of this false system. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. This false world system that we're under, he saw the fall of it. I have zero doubt that these people are going to be held accountable. And I don't, I don't look in the natural. I don't look at the news. I don't believe you. I'm sorry. I can't. I mean, he certainly looks at uh, Q posts. Does that not count as media at the very least? He looks at media, right? To, and media and have the news inform me about what's happening. Mm-hmm. I God has already shown me so much. Of, and God showed you that QAnon was correct? Really? Much of what's coming in the future. I'm just sitting back chill like, you know what? I know it's coming. God has shown me how it's going to end. God showed him the storm was coming. So he doesn't need to rely on Q to determine that the storm's going to happen. This is just, dude, get help, man. Please get help. I'm just waiting for it to happen. Still waiting, huh? That was January 2022. A year after Q stopped posting, a year after Trump lost the election and Biden was inaugurated. When are you going to give it up, man? When are you giving it up? Early February 2022, just a month later, right? He comes out there on Patrick Gunnell's show again. And he says this. No one is, has been more pissed off at Q than me uh, for the you know three years we sat through of waiting for the arrests, thinking that the arrests were just around the corner, like it was just going to happen in this this next week, we're going to see people arrested. And, and it never happened. That's fascinating, right? He's coming to realize at this point, just a month later, that it was all made up the entire time. Look at the shirt this dude's wearing, the blue shirt. It's just a big Q with a uh, an American flag inside of it. And it says 45 in the corner. 45, of course, representing Donald Trump. This is crazy, man. So I have, you know, as much frustration as anyone does about how long we've been waiting for the arrest to happen. However, Q did warn us on the front end of the conversation that a lot of what he was going to put out was going to be disinformation. Okay. I don't remember that, actually. In all seriousness, I've read a bunch of the Q posts, and to my knowledge, there are so many Q posts that it's like more than the Bible or something. I, I don't remember exactly how many posts there were. I'm not sure how many posts there are exactly but it's a lot it it is like a ridiculous amount of posts so anyways it could be a full book of its own and i I, like i said i don't remember him saying that he's going to disseminate disinformation wouldn't that just discredit everything that he had to say after that moment if q said that by the by if you don't know q was originally a guy named paul ferber this is uh paul ferber on screen right here the 
belief is that by people, researchers that followed QAnon the entire time very, very closely, belief is that Paul Ferber started it, maybe had some f- help from his friend known as Tracy Beans Diaz, and maybe even other people were contributing, but he's the one that really started it. There's effectively no doubt here. He accidentally signed into the QAnon account while live on air because he didn't realize he was live. Now, that live stream has been taken down since, but, you know, the researchers saw it. They watched, and they watched the reaction to the audience when he did it, too. Like, oh, my God, you're Q. It was a big reveal moment, you know. He was on 4chan at the time. After a little while, like, I don't know, a couple years, I think, or a year, maybe, he was talked into moving over to 8chan by this fine-looking gentleman right here. This is Ron Watkins. So 8chan was Ron Watkins' website. He's the owner, effectively. His dad owned it, Jim Watkins. Owned the website, the servers, the everything. And Ron did the maintenance for it. So Ron convinces Paul to move over to his website, 8chan. And then Ron here did a hostile takeover of the account. Stole the account, changed the password, and started posting his queue. And you can see the difference between... The personalities. One was more reserved and careful. And when it went over to Ron, it was more bombastic and obnoxious and lots and lots of exclamation marks and stuff. If you're curious, there's another little fun fact about QAnon. The Q account was hacked one time and the password was found to be Matlock. The password was Matlock. Seriously. My name is Ron Watkins and I am not a politician. I am an entrepreneur and I'm a computer scientist. We have to send a fighter and I am your fighter. I am fighting for you. If you send me to DC, you will know that I will be fighting against this evil and I will make sure that we drive them back and I will make sure that your rights are are kept. So that's <laughs> God dude, that's that's Q. Seriously, that's Q. Now, I mean, this was Q originally, and this is Q now. It just, God, it's so cringy and sad, dude. It's so cringy and sad that these people have devoted their entire lives to something that was fake all along. These people weren't in the military. They didn't have any special information. They, did, they weren't connected to Donald Trump. It was all made up all along, and you just wasted five years, six years of your life now, six years down the drain. How does that, how, that's got to feel bad, right? At this point, he's probably, I mean, the praying medic, he's probably dealing with the sunken costs fallacy. Cannot deal with the fact that he just lit six years on fire, never to be seen again. So keep listening. He says, Q said there would be disinformation along the way. I don't remember that. Maybe, I suppose. Yeah, very true. Uh, Information, disinformation designed to make the bad guys make wrong moves. How could telling them that the storm is coming any five minutes now possibly make bad guys make the wrong moves. That doesn't even make sense. You had to get real with that. If you're going to buy on to the, to the Q thing, you have to know up front half of what Q is going to tell you is not going to be true. It's yeah. for the, it's for the purpose of psychological operations. And that's just how it is. It's for the purpose of psyops. Right. Totally. Jesus, dude. Are these people ever going to come back to reality at this point? Well, the praying medic released a video early May 2023. Sadly, it seemed like the guy was getting out of it. It seemed like he was kind of moving away. 
in January 2022. Seemed like he's moving away from it. And then Q started posting again, and he dove in face first. Listen to what he had to say about QAnon early May 2023. Much of what Q posts is disinformation. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> so stupid. It's not factual. Intentional disinformation. It's intentional disinformation. Okay. Much more of what Q has posted over the last six years, a lot more of it is disinformation than most people are comfortable admitting. This is the quintessential QAnoner right here. So it sounds like he's speaking out against QAnon. He is absolutely not. He's trying to explain the cognitive dissonance for the listener. He's trying to alleviate that anxiety that is cognitive dissonance. The lack of understanding for where they are and why the storm hasn't happened yet. I just have to leave that out there. Q posted a lot of disinformation, especially... So anytime Q posted a prediction about an arrest, it was disinformation every single time. It was just a lie. The guy was, you know, Ron Watkins thought that he was going to be able to get one over on people. He thought that he's going to be able to convince others that this is all true and everything. So it wasn't disinformation intentional made to trip up the bad guys. He's just a fool. Prediction about an arrest. It was disinformation. Q uses these predictions, these overt predictions to get the deep state to take, to make moves that uh, work to president Trump's advantage. No, no, he doesn't. This is made up. Are you ever coming back to reality with the rest of us? Honestly, this dude's gone. His mind is gone. It belongs to Q now. That's just sad, man. I, I feel so bad for the guy, but at the same time, he hates the LGBT community. He hates atheists, cannot stand them. So my sympathies are kind of limited for that reason. But I just wish the dude could get his head out of QAnon for five minutes. Come back to reality with the rest of us. Maybe he'd have a shot at coming back to reality if he had his internet unplugged, if he was separated from society for a little while. I don't know. Let me know what you think about it in the comments. I think it's fascinating and uh, honestly sad for this guy, right? Next, we're going to talk about televangelists ramping up their civil war in preparation for the next election. The civil war rages on. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. Why is the onus on me to prove to you that there's ponds made out of pudding and there's uh, there's resorts of course that not. angels this is go ridiculous. to. In fact, it's it, absolutely. It, it, it almost borders on mental illness. It's fascinating to hear these two televangelists talking about other televangelists and how, I guess, mentally ill they are in their eyes, quote unquote, right? If you're unfamiliar with these people, this is Mario Murillo on the right and Stephen Strang on the left. And they're a couple of televangelists themselves, but there are some people in their orbit that they don't like, that they're unhappy with. Kat Kerr, Robin Bullock, and other people like that, who, by the way, they've shared a stage with before. But Kat Kerr and Robin Bullock are kind of the focus of their ire at this moment because Kat Kerr makes claims about heaven that are just insane. If you don't know Kat Kerr, 
you may remember her from this viral clip. Came out late August 2019. At this moment, we take authority over Dorian that has no right off the coast of this state or anywhere. And we hit that storm to the east right now. And I'm going to do it three times. So anyway, yeah, that's Kat Kerr. You may remember her from that. Well, Mario Murillo is sick of Kat Kerr and wanted to start a civil war with her. Now, I've talked about this before, but there's an update to the civil war. So I'm going to go through the whole thing. Let's talk about it. Early December 2022, I think this is roughly when they started kind of warring with each other. Now, Murillo at the time didn't come out and explain who he was referring to. But to people who watch this stuff regularly, who watch all of these prophets, quote unquote, it was pretty obvious exactly who he was talking about. Check this out. Anyone that said that something was going to turn out a certain way and it didn't should be labeled a false prophet. He's acting as though he didn't contribute to this whole thing, as though he isn't just as guilty as these other people. What he's saying is, if somebody claims that Donald Trump is going to win the election and God told them that he's going to win the election and then he doesn't win, they should be labeled a false prophet. Now, I agree with that, but seriously, how do you not see your role in this? Mario Murillo was just as unglued from reality as anybody else and made just as many unhinged claims as Kat Kerr. He's trying to pretend he's better than them, higher or more superior to them. He's not. If, if somebody said there's going to be a red tsunami and we get a pink leaky faucet, then you got to look at them and say, well, why am I following them? He's talking about the 2022 midterm elections or, yeah, the 2022 midterms. A bunch of prophets, supposed prophets, Kat Kerr and Robin Bullock and others, uh, Johnny Enlow, they claimed that... Republicans were going to win the House and the Senate and, uh, you know, everything there was to win all the way across. There's going to be a massive red wave was the claim. I mean, Julie Green is a prime example. She made all kinds of claims about the 2022 midterm elections. You guys remember Herschel Walker? He's running in Georgia for the Senate and it was kind of a toss up and he ended up losing. My children, many warnings I have given to you. But there is coming a day that it will be too late. So listen to these words and listen to my prophets. And dare to believe me more than your enemies. Literally crying because she's receiving this prophecy from God that the Republicans are going to win in 2022. We're going to win big because God hates the Democrats. This is one of those prophets that is the focus in this televangelist civil war right now julie green more than religion more than the news stations more than the governments more than your doctors dare to believe me more than your doctors i mean she's also a covid denier and anti-vaxxer the whole nine more than your bank accounts dare to believe me more than what you see and what you hear herschel walker will be in the news, and victory will be with his name. Ooh, that's a pretty tall claim, and it's pretty pointed too, isn't it? She directly claimed God told her. This is a message she's reading from God, okay? God planted this information in her head. This is like a new book of the Bible in her mind. 
the book of green verse three chapter two or whatever right that's what she believes and the thing that the book said was herschel walker will win just embarrassing it's embarrassing mario murillo is correct it's an embarrassment to the movement to these people thing is he's not much better so he says if somebody predicts a a red wave and then you get a pink leaky faucet like in the 2022 midterms they should be labeled a false prophet this is cat kerr talking about that and i can let you know he does have a plan with the red tsunami and yes it did happen no it didn't happen this is after the election happened and she could clearly see that she was wrong about her prophecies and what does she do instead of admitting she was wrong admitting she didn't hear the voice of god made it all up she doubled down just like with donald trump why am i listening to them right when they start telling you the bizarre things that they said they saw in heaven there's a whole place called yellow land in heaven it really does exist and in part of that land of course there's there's houses made out of candy they're made out of all kinds of things uh flowers a whole house made out of flowers and they sing to you all the time when you come to your to your mansion so uh, Kat Kerr's whole bit is she claims that God takes her to heaven regularly and God told her to have pink hair so that she'll stand out and she'll be able to communicate what heaven is like to the people around her. She, God sent her on a mission to disseminate information about heaven. And what did God want her to say about it? There are flowers everywhere. There's candy. It's kind of like uh, Willy Wonka's chocolate factory a little bit apparently not for nothing but uh, Kat Kerr is not the only one that talks about all of this bizarre stuff like I said Robin Bullock Johnny Enloe Julie Green and some others but listen to Robin Bullock talk about this exact subject this is from late August 2021 I've been to heaven in different throne rooms no you haven't uh, a few times and no and every time I was in a throne room he has different throne rooms for different things. I no, he doesn't. Watched him create the world one time. Wow. It was the most amazing thing you've no, you didn't. ever seen. And when you got to the end of it, but the white throne, it's set up on about seven tiers. and Like a seven-tier cake, kind of? Okay. And when you look down at it, it was massive. It was a massive thing. Kind of like your mom. And it was inside this cube of like uh, gelatin. It was like clear gelatin. God lives in jello. Okay. And it went around in a square. God, dude. Just these people. They, seriously, get help, okay? There's something not right about what is happening in these people's heads. So, yeah, he's not just talking about Cat Kerr. Lots of people. But I think it could be argued that maybe he's talking about Cat Kerr specifically right now. I don't think he likes her very much. That's, you know, look, that's the same as the six-foot rule. He's talking about the uh, social distancing. He thinks social distancing is fake. Doesn't make any sense. It does, but okay. I mean, we're hearing from uh, scientist Mario Murillo over here, right? Uh, research professor Mario Murillo knows all about social distancing, and he's telling us it doesn't make sense. If Jesus wanted to, he can make himself big enough to hold this whole earth in his hand. Or he could be his normal size on the earth, which is around six foot tall. Oh, wow. De really tall then. Okay. Okay. 
Well, Mario, prove to me that those things aren't in heaven. Easy. They're stupid. Okay, that's not proving anything. It is stupid to imagine that that's going to be in heaven. I agree, okay. But you haven't proved anything. They asked you to prove it. And it's not an amusement park. Anybody can fly in heaven. You have a place where you learn, though. You do yeah. get to learn. You go by this place called Flyby. Near the a place called Flyby. So it's like a store or it's like a, a private business that exists in heaven? I guess heaven is capitalist. Is that right? What about competition? Is there competition in heaven? One of the fundamental pieces of capitalism? What about wealth inequality? That's a, an aspect of capitalism, too. Near the amusement park, and you learn how to fly. Because the false prophets were sent at a key moment to distract the church. So anyway, the point is, he does not like Kat Kerr, specifically. He zeroes in on the things that she says, although she's not the only one saying them. And this civil war rages on. They are really laying into these false prophets heavily right now. They being Mario Murillo and, uh, you know, Stephen Strang. Yeah, Stephen Strang and others. Check this out. Early February 2023, he had this to say. To those who are rational believers who trust the word of God, who believe in the fivefold gifts, will understand what I'm about to say. The motivation for my blog was, number one, he wrote a blog post about, you know, false prophets. One, lost souls. Because Peter said these false teachers would cause the way of truth to be slandered. Go on the internet. There, are, uh, there is a, there's a, a site called Christianity Nightmares. Christian Nightmares, actually. And I follow them on the Twit. Yeah, they like to clip out absolutely crazy things from televangelists. Uh, kind of like Right Wing Watch, Hemant Mehta, other... I mean, I, I clip things out, too. I, I don't post them to Twitter anymore, sadly. I, I'm so disappointed by where Twitter went, but anyway. And one of their main features to demonstrate to people why you should never have anything to do with Christianity is they're playing videos of these prophets and what wow. they're saying. Yeah, so Christian Nightmares, who's talking about... and. I don't think he's saying you shouldn't have anything to do with Christianity necessarily, but he's most definitely saying these people don't know what they are talking about. They are full of it. They're liars. They have no sense of morality, apparently. No sense of right and wrong to be so willing to, like, sucker people into this stuff. Just sad, man. So early February 2023, same month. He came out there and he was doing like a full thing. Like he was really laying into these people, going everywhere he could, making every appearance possible and laying into Kat Kerr. He went on the Strang Report. This is part of the clip that we saw in the very beginning, the intro clip. Check this out. Early February 2023. And it's our silence that's the problem. It isn't just the garish statements and the extreme off-the-rail nuttiness. And when someone asks me, well, how do you know there aren't those things in heaven? Well, I also don't know what it would be like to put my head in a dryer, but I can pretty well predict what it would be like. How? That's what they're asking, how? How do you predict that? The answer really is, he has no idea. The Bible does not describe heaven in vivid detail. That's why it was possible for Kat Kerr to lie about it, pretend that she went to heaven and saw all this other stuff. That's why it was even possible for her to do. You have no idea what heaven is like. 
but he just knows that it can't be the way that she describes it for some reason, some unknown reason. And that's how absurd it is for me to sit there and say, why is the onus on me to prove to you that there's ponds made out of pudding? Dude, this guy seems to get it. I love it. He, he gets it. I could say the exact same thing to you, Mario. Why is the onus on me to prove to you that evangelicals interpretation of God is real? Why is that on me? He uses logic when it's convenient and throws it right out the window every other day of the week. And there's uh, there's resorts. Of course that not. Angels this is ridiculous. To. In fact, it's, it's absolutely it, it, it almost borders on mental illness as far as I'm concerned. And I love that he's saying that it's that it borders on mental illness for Kat Kerr to say the things that she's saying. I tend to agree. I think it borders it, but it's not mental illness. You know, that's one of the fundamental things about it. But you could say the exact same thing about what these people believe. Seriously, you think Kat Kerr is the only one making you look bad? It's you guys. Now, as far as the mental illness aspect goes, that's the scary thing about it, that it's not mental illness. That's what makes this so deeply disturbing. You know, the Parkland attacker, Parkland, Florida attacker, uh, Nicholas Cruz, he didn't have a mental illness. He didn't have any problems, and he still went in. I mean, he had problems, but he didn't have any diagnosed conditions or even diagnosable to my knowledge, and he still walked into that school and did all that stuff to those poor people. That's what makes this scary. You can't give somebody a pill to resolve the chemical imbalance in their brain that's happening right now, and then they're just normal. You have to talk them out of these beliefs, and sometimes it's not even possible then. And the beliefs are disconnected from reality. It's crazy stuff. And I'm not even talking about Kat Kerr. I'm talking about Mario Murillo. The belief that the founding fathers were Jews secretly, and they came over here through the Caucasus Mountains and then made a new covenant with new Israel and all this other garbage. The idea that the pilgrims worshipped Jehovah. I mean, Jays had only existed for like 150 years. It was 1620 when the pilgrims came along, and Jays were invented in the 1400s. I mean, nothing about anything that he says or believes or does makes any sense at all, logically or historically or any other way. But he believes it anyways. And how do we get him out of this headspace? You can't give him a pill to resolve this. It's not mental illness. If it were, this would be resolvable a lot easier. Some of these things by themselves disqualify. By themselves. Exactly. I mean, why discuss it? And the fact is that they, they use superstition. You know, yes. to, to say that God is going to judge if you don't believe them, that is some kind yes. of superstition. They're trying to make people afraid God's going to zap them. It's like he's connecting all the dots. Yes, exactly. That's what these people do on screen. That's what you do, Strang. That's what you do, Mario. Seriously, how do they not recognize, oh, it's okay when I do it because, you know, I have the truth. Excuse me, but I have the truth. I don't know if you guys have ever seen uh, the TV show or the movie Jesus Camp, the documentary. It was about a woman named Becky who was brainwashing children, and she justified the brainwashing. She said, you know, Muslims are out there, like, strapping bombs to their chests. We need to train kids to be that loyal to Jesus that they'd be willing to do something that extreme. And her justification? I have the truth. Excuse me, but I have the truth, quote-unquote all those different places you know because we have excuse me but we have the truth no connection to reality 
doesn't realize that it's the tactics that are wrong. It, whether you have the truth or not, it doesn't justify all of the crazy things that you do. These people, uh, Strang and Marillo, aren't connecting the dots. That They do the exact same thing. They use fear tactics too. They brainwash people too. And why is it okay when you do it, but not when Kat Kerr does it? Because we have the truth, right? I believe them. That is some kind yes. of superstition. They're trying to make people afraid God's going to zap them. They should be afraid that God's going to zap yes. them. When you say, Absolutely. thus saith the Lord, and you're speaking as a false prophet, they're going to have to stand in front of God. And I believe actually long before then, these ministries are going to tumble. And people need to be warned. People need to avoid these people. People need to quit giving them money. Well, give us some names. Uh, who are you talking about? God, I want them to name names so badly, right? Watching them on YouTube, unless you're wanting a few laughs. Um, yes. I mean, seriously. Oh, so it's okay to watch these people on YouTube and have a few laughs when it's the bad ones, right? But when people clip out Mario Murillo and have a few laughs at him, he loses his mind. Oh, that's not okay. You can't do that. Decorum! Civility! Look, this is part of the deal, okay? You say crazy things, I'm going to clip you out and talk about it. Uh, the, the body of Christ, as we call it, the church which yes. has many forms, needs to get a life and to see yes. what's going on. Wow. So is he saying that, like, Christians overall have to get a life and see what's going on because Christians are falling for this stuff? Fascinating, dude. So that lands us in mid-June 2023. Marillo is still leaning into this civil war, and he explains why in this clip. He explains why he's zeroed in on this one subject. Check this out. I'm dealing with it again because now I believe that Trump's reelection will be impacted by false prophets. And that's what it's really about. Election season is coming up and he doesn't want Trump to be hurt, like his electoral chances to be damaged by Kat Kerr and all the other prophets, supposed prophets. Unfortunately for him, he's hurting them. He's hurting Trump's chances just as bad as anybody. Self-avowed. Christian nationalist, by the by. He's a self-avowed Christian nationalist. He holds that title for himself. He likes being called that. You are making it worse for Trump. You are not moderate by any stretch of the imagination. So nobody to the left of hunting the homeless for sport could imagine supporting the things that you say and do. That's really the issue here. We'll be impacted by false prophets making us all look crazy. Making us all look crazy, as if he's not making them look crazy. We have to disavow, because Trump is running again, we need to reiterate again where we stand. We have to stand for what's right. And I'm doing it as a soul winner, because the audiences that I speak to have become aware of these people and, and place. Oh, that's what it's about, huh? People at your church are coming up and asking you about Kat Kerr and Robin Bullock and Johnny Enlow and stuff and why you don't talk to them or talk about the things that they believe and all that. Does it bother him that he runs in the same circles? Is that what it is? Places like Right Wing Watch, especially, and others are using it as ammunition against Trump right now. And I think that's, and more than that, it's dangerous because they're using it as ammunition to people that I want to reach for Jesus. And I want them to know we're not all crazy. No, you are just as crazy as them. Honestly, you may not claim that heaven is made of pudding, 
but the claims that you make are just as unhinged from reality. Maybe even more, some of them. I mean, here's just one example of his unhinged beliefs and, and his thought process. Remember all that logical deduction he was doing earlier? Where, well, you know, I don't have the burden of proof. You have the burden of proof if you're making the claim. That's basically what he was saying when he said, why is the onus on me to prove it? Listen to all of that logical deduction go right out the window when it's convenient for him. This is from October 11th, 2022. But the devil overplayed his hand. You know, Gene, my son walked up to me last night and he said, Dad, you got to see this post that's on Reddit. Sorry about the audio. I don't know why his audio was bad. He says his son walked up to him and said, Dad, you got to see this post on Reddit. And I looked at it and I couldn't believe it. Here's a 15-year-old boy that decided to tell his dad, I don't want to be a girl after all. And the father is trying to talk him into it still. So it's a trans person, some random person who, unnamed, unknown if this story is even real. Some unnamed, unknown, anonymous person claims to be male, but is trans and presented as a woman for some period of time unknown to us. And the trans person told the dad he didn't want to be a, a woman anymore. Okay, go on. I'm with you. He's trying to talk him into it still. Wow. Because he said, you look good in a dress. I've paid all this money for the whole hormone blockers. You see how his logical deduction went straight out the window, right? He takes literally any source, anything, to prove his point. Some unknown rando on the internet claiming something. He'll take it. Whatever he can get his hands on that reaffirms the things that he believes. Insane. Kat Kerr isn't the one making you look insane, Mario. It's you. Anyway, so the dad in this fictitious story says his kid looks good in a dress. Like, they're playing up the groomer aspect of this, aren't they? People who are in favor of the trans community or pro-trans or allies or whatever are groomers. And this is the perfect example of that's what he's trying to communicate right now. Does it get lower? Seriously. The only thing that any allies want, me included, the only thing I want is for people to be able to live their lives the way they want to live their lives, period. Identity is self-ascribed. You can be whoever you want to be. That's our right as freedom-loving Americans, right? What happened to all that freedom-loving American stuff? Again, another one of those values goes right out the window when it's not convenient for him. He never cared about freedom. He never cared about logical deduction. He never cared about any of it. It was all about furthering his own selfish goals the entire time and using any piece of propaganda that he can possibly get to get him there. So the dad says he's upset he spent all the money on hormones, and the kid has to use the hormones because he spent all the money on it. Absurd. Parents only want their kid to live their best life, and that's it. They only want them to be happy. This is very obviously Mario Marilla trying to push the idea that, you know, cis people want others to be trans. If they're not trans, they'll be upset by that ridiculous hormone blockers and and i want you to have the surgery because i love the way you look in a dress you are far prettier when you're feminine see it, this is what we're up against ladies no it's not this fictitious thing that you just made up does not represent reality in any way 
He says hormone blockers. So I assume that means puberty blockers. That's what he's referring to, right? That means the kid could not have hit puberty yet. That means the kid is at the very most 12, at the very most, right? Probably more like 10 or even younger. So this dad in this fabricated story that he's telling is giving this 10-year-old kid puberty blockers and is planning this trans-affirming surgery for the kid. I hate to break it to you, but trans-affirming bottom surgery has been banned for minors in the United States since day one. There has never, ever in the United States been a trans-affirming bottom surgery for anybody under 18. Not a single instance of it. You know what there are instances of, though? I think there are about 200, 2 to 250 top surgeries for 15, 16, and 17-year-olds in the past few years. It's hard to get data on this, but it's in the hundreds, not the thousands. Do you know how many plastic surgeries there have been on children? According to the American Society of Plastic and Reconstructive Surgeons, ASPS, in 2020, nearly 230 cosmetic surgeries and nearly 140,000 non-invasive cosmetic procedures were performed on teens ages 13 to 19. 230,000 full-blown surgeries, lip injections, you know, facelifts, or what, I don't even know what they do. I have no clue. Full-blown surgeries and 140,000 non-invasive cosmetic procedures like i assume like botox injections total that's 370,000 cosmetic procedures on teenagers on minors children almost 400,000 since 2020 where were you where was all that ire over that that's still happening by the way right now rhinoplasties you know nose jobs and stuff right now thousands tens hundreds of thousands of teenagers getting this stuff done where were you? Where are you on this? And how many gender-affirming bottom surgeries? Zero. How many top surgeries? No more than two or 300. It's hard to know for sure. It's in the hundreds. Guy lives in a fantasy fabricated to outrage people. That is the entire purpose of the reality that he's created here. Eminent. See, it, this is what we're up against, ladies and gentlemen. This is how far it's gone. This is why people are rebelling and leaving the Democratic Party. No, it's not. It's simply not happening. Because it is demonic. It is evil what's going on right now. You know, the KKK has always used this exact strategy that he's using right now. Say something really, really extreme and force your opponent to denounce that extreme thing. The KKK did it in the 1950s. They used to go around to towns and tell people their children had to marry a black person as part of integration. If you don't marry a black person, you'll go to jail. It's illegal not to. And they have told my children that they have to marry. And my child doesn't even know what a is, but from the sound, it has scared them and they have come home just crying. <clears throat> Mommy, do I have to marry Negroes? And my answer in handling all the fears that children come in is that you can marry who, whomever you wish. The KKK used the same strategy in the 50s, the same one that Mario Murillo is using right now. Say something really, really unglued from reality and extreme to convince everybody on the other side to move over to your side. The left wants 
children, you know, 10 year olds to get bottom surgery. It's not true. I, I didn't want to force children to get married to black people either. I wasn't in favor of that. But by denouncing this fabricated thing, you've suddenly moved yourself into a defensive position and moved others closer to them. Because now you've found a way to agree with them on something and fight against your own side, which is fighting for the rights of everybody to do what they want with their lives, to just live their life the way that they see fit. If they want to marry a black person, they should be allowed to do that. If they want to get trans-affirming surgery, they should be allowed to do that. But nobody is trying to give bottom surgery to a 10-year-old. No one's giving top surgery. No surgeries on 10-year-olds. This does not happen, ever. Nobody is forcing white kids to marry black kids. It's the same propaganda method that's been used throughout history. It does not surprise me to hear him using the same technique the KKK used. Anyway, let me know what you think about this dude in the comments. I think this is absurd, and I think that he doesn't realize in this televangelist civil war that he's waging right now that he's the problem, too. In addition to the others, he's the problem. Let me know what you think. Cotton and polyester couldn't be more different. Cotton is natural, breathable, and absorbent, and sustainable. Polyester, on the other hand, is a synthetic fiber that doesn't breathe well, repels water, and isn't sustainable. Okay, my mistake. I apologize. Thank you for clearing that up for me, Mindcrafty013. My mistake. I'll make sure that makes it to the video. Next, we're going to take a look back at hilarious 2020 election fails from QAnon. Greg Locke and Vandersteel and others couldn't help but to make outrageous predictions and got caught with their foot in their mouth as a result. And they never learned from their mistake either. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. Donald Trump is going to win in 2020 by an absolute landslide. This is Greg Locke. If you're unfamiliar, he is a televangelist, megachurch pastor, and an extremist who is basically a QAnoner. He's a far-right nutcase, dude. Anyways, I wanted to just take a, a, a glance back and some of the more hilarious 2020 election fails, the claims that were made by televangelists and megachurch pastors and QAnoners alike, that Trump was definitely for sure going to win the election. And then it fell apart. So let's take a look at Greg Locke's reaction to it. Just keep listening to this video. This is from 2020, by the way. This is before the election, I believe. This nonsense is worse than a witch hunt. It's a constitutional massacre. We are sick and tired of leftist propaganda. You can't just make up stuff because you don't like somebody. We are going to win. That is 100% fact. America has spoken. We're sick of your foolishness. The guy doesn't seem to know what fact is, obviously. You know, when my kid was in uh, elementary school, they had a sheet, like a, a paper that you had to fill out, to help kids learn to distinguish between facts and opinions. So it's things like Bill Clinton was the best president. That's an opinion, right? Or Donald Trump will definitely win the 2020 election. That's an opinion. Whether you put the word definitely 100% at the front or not, it's still an opinion. He doesn't seem to understand that. That's not the only time that Greg Locke came out guns blazing check this one out this one is from after trump had lost the 2020 election i think it was somewhere in late november or december maybe 
I believe it's before January 6th. Listen to what he had to say about Donald Trump after the election. I'm telling you, Donald Trump, with 100% accuracy, in my opinion, ladies and gentlemen, lest I get shadow banned or my page is completely taken away, has won single-handedly the presidency of the United States of America in the biggest landslide victory in the history of this nation. I'm telling you, I'm not worried. I'm not threatened. I don't have basketball-sized ulcers. I'm not going to lose one second sleep over any of it. Joe Biden didn't win. He's not the president. He will never be the president. And come January the 20th, I'm telling you, I'll be wing, bing, 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 winner, winner, chicken dinner. Dude, it is so sad, but I love it to death. I love seeing people make these false predictions like this. And they weren't even predictions for a lot of these people. They were prophecies claimed that God gave them the information from on high to disseminate to the rest of the people. No joke that Trump is going to win the election. Seriously. Oh, my God, people. Here's Brendan Dilley, another person that he's a QAnoner, and he was convinced 100 percent Trump was going to win the election. This is before the election took place, I believe, before November. Listen to what he had to say here. Democrats, look, I have to tell you guys something. I got to tell you something, all right, liberal coworkers? Dude, we're going to you into oblivion tomorrow. You don't got a prayer, dude. You guys are going to get absolutely savaged. I love it, dude. <laughs> I love it. I love sitting here, like, listening to these people just blatantly make the most ridiculous predictions imaginable. There was no reason to think that Donald Trump was going to win the 2020 election. It was looking really strong for Biden in the polls and everything leading up to it. It looked like Biden was going to win. Every piece of data that we had said Biden was going to win, basically. But they live in like an alternate reality where the only people they ever talk to are other Trump nutcases. They never have communication outside of that bubble. So they think literally everybody is a Trump supporter. It's like three people that are in favor of the Democrats to any degree. They don't realize that Trump is a deeply unpopular person across the entire country, deeply controversial at the very least. He's got his one little group of nutcase supporters who will do anything for him. And then the rest of society is normal, not Joe Biden fans, not Barack Obama fans, not Bernie Sanders fans or whatever other thing. They're just normal people. They're not like addicted to this personality cult thing that the Trump nutcases seem to be addicted to. Savage. I mean, up beyond belief. You have no idea what's coming. You think you know, but you have no clue. That's kind of a funny thing for uh, this guy to say right now. Looking back, you think you have you think, you know, but you have no clue what's coming in 2020 for the election. That's funny. I like that. You see that? Those aren't white supremacists, you stupid mouth-breathing ass. Those are Americans of all different backgrounds, races, and creeds. We're going to f*** your shit up, and then we're going to keep f your shit up for the next four years. Liberalism is dead. Y'all motherfuckers better get used to the sound of this right here, because it is your whole f party and ideology. At this point, for some reason, there's a loud buzzing. You better get l used to listening to this right here. And then there's this obnoxious buzzing sound. What? Why? I had to cut it out. You guys have no idea the lengths that I went to to silence this stupid buzzing noise that was happening. Gone. Thanks to this stupid. Good night, sweet prince. Gone. Dead. So I told you I'd give you a prediction. 45 states. Same as I've always said. 45.
states for Donald Trump tomorrow. Tomorrow. So this is like November 2nd, I guess, 2020. Wow, man. He thought 45 states were going to Donald Trump. 45. Really? New York, California. I mean, what states would not go for Trump in this equation? They live in an alternate reality, seriously, where like they only ever communicate with their buddies and their buddies are saying the same thing as they are saying. So they think the entire country views it this way. This landslide is going to be so devastating to the left. We're going to be calling the election before California has even finished voting. It'll be over. They're going to be like, uh, Trump won every swing state on the East Coast, uh, plus New York, which we weren't expecting, uh, Maine and New Hampshire. Uh, we never say anything like this. And we know that the central time zone's not done voting, but Trump is already over 300 electoral votes. And uh, Californians, you can stay home if you want, because he's not, Biden can't beat him. That was his prediction. Okay, wow. New York is going to go to Trump. That was his belief in 2020. This is straight up embarrassing. How was he so disconnected from reality that he believed that? I mean, when you think about it, it I guess it makes sense that he would think that the election was stolen, right? I mean, it obviously wasn't. But when you're so immersed in this impenetrable echo chamber... It totally checks out that this guy would think that, you know, some some nefarious thing took place to prevent Trump from getting the presidency. That makes sense. Get help, man. Please get help. Let me repeat. Joe Biden cannot beat Donald J. Trump. They cannot stop the Trump train. It's over. Kiss it. Goodbye. Absolutely crazy, man. Look at his background. House MAGA. Hashtag MAGA, make America great again. Why does he have this stuff in his background? This is weird. KeyLevy.com? What the hell is that? MAGA, wow. MAGA, 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 MAGA. It's just nuts, man. This guy has a problem. Here's a uh, QAnoner. This is Ann Vandersteel on a show called The Steel Truth. Full-blown QAnoner. Like, she took the oath and everything. And she's had some very famous people on. Most notably, she had a guy named Jovan Pulitzer on. I mean, she's had Michael Flynn and, you know, a whole bunch of other people on, I believe. But Jovan Pulitzer was probably the most memorable interview that she gave. This was from mid-April 2022. I'm going to give you a name of somebody. You come back and give me one name or, or one uh, descriptive word. Trump. Don't take this wrong, but remember I'm Jewish. And a Messiah is, in Judaism, is a person who would bring the one true God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to the world. A messiah means a great leader, a great prophet. I believe that Donald J. Trump is a messiah for what's called the New Jerusalem, which is the United States of America. He was it, and he opened everybody's eyes. That's the only way I can describe him. He's a prophecy oh. fulfilled. He's a prophecy fulfilled, Donald Trump is. That's probably the, the interview that sticks most prominently in my head. But there are a couple of other uh, little clips that are struggling for first place. Check this one out. This is 2020 leading up to the election. This was her election prediction before it actually happened. Let me explain what's going to be happening here shortly after Trump and Trump destroys Joe Biden on November 3rd. Our analysts over at Global Financial Wealth Network predict a 40 state romping crush by the Trump campaign over Joe Biden. 40 states, really? Brendan Dilley predicted 45. She predicts 40. That is a crazy high number. How did they ever believe that Trump would be able to achieve that ever? Like even at Obama's most 
ambitious and, and highest polls and highest vote counts and everything. I, did he ever reach 40 states? I doubt it. So it looks like Obama in 2012 won 27 states, 27. And he had 336 electoral votes against Romney. So this is his second election. 27. So Obama needed 13 more states or wait. Yeah, 13 more states before he reached the level that Ann Vandersteel believed that he would reach. And he needed 18 more states to reach the level that Brendan Dilley thought he'd reach. Seriously, how did they deceive themselves so deeply? When you are that brainwashed, I guess it makes sense that you'll believe literally anything that Donald Trump tells you. Tells you the election's stolen? Believe it. Insane, man. ...over Joe Biden. Folks, it's not going to be pretty. If I was a Biden supporter, I'd be looking for where I can exit stage left come November 4th. Perhaps you need a, 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 a stress ball or a crying pillow. But I can tell you right now, if you haven't figured it out, if you're not on the Trump train, you're going to be crying ever so hard come waking up November 4th. Wow, fascinating. Well, look who's crying now. Uh, she thinks that the deep state won and they took over. and blah, 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 blah. These people, dude, where are their heads, honestly? This is Bill Mitchell. I, it's been a while since I talked about this guy, but he is something. This is his prediction for 2020. Check this one out. It is literally a miracle of God that he became president and also is going to be a miracle when he becomes president again and we win the House back. As I said in 2016, God plus us is enough. And that's true. God plus us is enough. Let not your heart be grow weary, okay? Don't be afraid. Don't listen to the lies of the deep state. Don't listen to the lies of the media. I, f I find it fascinating that he's telling me that God's got this under control. God plus us is enough, right? So you don't even have to bother going out and voting because God's going to fulfill your interests. Well, look where we are now. What happened? Did God just not care or, or what? You know, they have this belief about God that he's all-powerful. That's not in the Bible, but okay, that came out way, way later that he's all-knowing and all-powerful. But all right, let's just go with it. So they believe that God is all-powerful, and he has this ultimate plan that he's making sure comes to fruition. Do you ever consider the possibility that maybe the plan that God had lined up is happening? Maybe God didn't want Trump to be in power? You ever knock that one around your noggin? Maybe God intervened and put a stop to all the craziness in 2020. Now, that can't be it, right? It, it has to be that Joe Biden is Satan incarnate, and he's succeeded in reversing prophecy from God and all that. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Can't be that I was wrong all along. Has to be the other people that are wrong. Not I'm not wrong. They're wrong. I'm not wrong. They're wrong. Media, hang in there. Stay strong. Commit to bring, bringing five to ten of your friends to the polls uh, early, either early voting, voting or November 3rd. Let's Dude, who the hell has five to ten friends? <laughs> like, that's a lot of friends for somebody, right? Is it just me? Am I just largely friendless? Or November 3rd. Let's show these guys what turnout really means. I predict there is going to be the greatest Republican turnout in the history of this republic this November 3rd and the time leading up that. I think it is going to absolutely swamp Democrat turnout because Democrats are not motivated right now. Democrat enthusiasm is running about 12 to 14 points below Republican. It has never been that much of a difference ever, folks. We're going to win this election. We're going to win the White House. We're going to win back the House. We're going to have MAGA Congress. We're going to have a MAGA Senate. It's going to happen, folks. It's going to happen, folks. You thought those uh, Democrats were crying 
on uh, uh, 2016, it's going to be a lot worse. Dude, these people have nothing on the brain but watching people to the left of hunting the homeless for sport cry. That is their sport, isn't it? Watching people cry. They just eat it up. I, I can't blame them. I've watched a few crying videos myself when somebody lost an election or something, and I, I thought that was pretty entertaining, honestly. This is Laura Loomer, a MAGA extremist who ran for Congress in 2022 and lost and literally cried on stage while claiming that she really won and they just rigged it. She didn't even run in like the general election. She's running against another Republican in the primaries. She claimed it was rigged against her. We are losing our country because of big tech election interference. And I am pleading with the Republican Party to please start taking this issue seriously. Please. Because the American people deserve representation. And that's a that's why I ran for Congress in 2020. It's why I ran for Congress in 2022. And it's why I'm going to keep fighting for all of you. I'm never going to. She's a Nazi, by the way. So, yeah, I'm eating these tears out. I mean, full-blown Nazi. Like, she doesn't trust Jews, and she's friends with Kanye West and the whole nine yards. So, anyways, yeah, no sympathy. I'm sorry. I, I, I just have no sympathy. I eat this up. So, you know, who am I to talk when he's talking about liberal tears? Who am I to talk? I, I love these MAGA tears. It's fantastic. Here's another one from Bill Mitchell. Check this out. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be great. We're going to take back the we're going to keep the White House. We're going to take back the House, not with a bunch of swamp dwellers, but with MAGA candidates. We're going to have a MAGA majority in the House in 2021. We're going to have a MAGA majority in the Senate in 2021. We're going to have Donald Trump in the White House in 2021 with a mandate going forward. Russiagate will be over. Many of these deep state guys, these conspirators, the invest, investigating the investigators, a lot of these guys are going to be on their way to prison. They're going to be indicted. You're going to see Comey in trouble, Brennan in trouble, Strzok in trouble, maybe even Hillary, maybe even Obama in trouble. Hillary and Obama are going to be in trouble. All these people in trouble, right. Oh, and uh, yeah, the House and the Senate and the White House are all going Republican? Really? That is a tall claim, even if it weren't for Trump. You know, a Republican is going to take all three like that. Like, that doesn't happen very often, that one party controls all three branches, certainly not with a supermajority. They just live in an alternate reality. I'm telling you, these people don't have any idea what it's like outside of their bubble, their echo chamber. They can't pierce it. Nobody can get through to them to explain that the world is not like this. Everybody you know is a MAGA nutcase because you've surrounded yourself with those people. You don't associate with anybody else. You effectively shun family members who are not a part of this cult that you're a part of. And when you look around, you say, hey, I only see MAGA people around me. That must be a representation of broader society. Even though you carefully curated your friend group to be that exact way. And it ends with this what we've just watched. Is it really any surprise that these people believed Trump when he said it was stolen from him? That they got, dude, get help for real. These people have got to get help. It's entertaining to watch now, now that we know the outcome and everything, but oh my God, dude, it was scary back then when I was watching these people go nuts. And <laughs> let me know what you think about it in the comments. That's all I've got for you. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, don't forget to check me out on Patreon. And take a look at my YouTube channels. Owen Morgan, where I talk about religious issues. Telltale Fireside Chat, where I talk about politics. 
Telltale Unfiltered, where I do long-form breakdowns of stuff like this, and Telltale Reads, where I read books by televangelists and others. I release everything in parts, but every part stands independently of the last, so you can jump in anywhere and I'll make sure it makes sense. You can find some ad-free, uncensored, complete versions of all my videos on my website, owenmorgan.com. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email list to get early access to everything. All links are in the description. Okay, thanks for watching, guys.